Hello and welcome to The Social Recruiting Show. I'm Katrina Collier. I'm, of course, author of The Robot Proof Recruiter and I am a speaker and facilitator. I am joined by my, oh, here he is, gorgeous talent yeah, acquisition professional, the one, the only, the amazing and tardy, very tardy, Glenn Martin. <laughs> Hi, Glenn. That was last minute. How's my mic this week? A little bit loud or just just on? Better. All good. good. I'm pleased. All good. I'm pleased. You're here. Okay. Okay. Um, we are whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. We're super excited this week to be talking to Keith Mauter. I know Hello, I can pronounce it correctly um, yeah. from Recite about inclusion. But of course, we wouldn't be here at all if it wasn't for our amazing sponsor, Enterprise Alumni. Thank you for keeping us running for another week. We're so grateful. Keith, welcome to this Thank social you. recruiting show. Thank you very We've much. Been. Welcome, Keith. <laughs> Hello again, Glenn. Doing, man? It's been a while, yeah. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? Good, good, good. The beard's coming on nicely there. Well, yeah. Uh, lockdown beard continues. <laughs> you know, beard. Beyond, <laughs> beyond, beyond lockdown, essentially. Beyond <laughs> we could fill this just talking about the beard. I'm sure. Well, we yeah. Do. I mean, we could have a beard off. Glenn yeah, Green. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure there are far more important things to talk about. To be fair, there is a lot more important. Definitely, things. definitely. So, Keith, um, my understanding from what we were chatting about in the green room when Glenn wasn't there um, <laughs> was about, I know, where were you? Was about you actually have a recruitment background before you ended up working at Recite. Yeah. Did you want to fill us in a little bit on it, like your, your career history? Yeah, so um, I spent about 10, 10 11 years in recruitment. Um, I made the bold move of moving away from the northeast when I was around 24 and, and got into a, a recruitment agency, which was part of the per temps group down in Leeds called The Book, um, which is a creative uh, recruitment agency. I was a web designer at the time, applied for a job as a web designer, but got drew into the whole world of recruitment with promises of Ferraris and lush apartments and everything else. Um, didn't quite get there, but all that crap. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so work, work mainly in the creative sector. Um, so recruiting art directors, copywriters, designers, web designers, the, the field that I knew, basically. And, and that's mm. why I loved it so much, because it was an area I was passionate about and, and loved. And as with any job, you know, if you love it, you don't feel like you're working too hard. And, and it never felt like that. You know, I got to meet some great agencies, candidates, got to look through their portfolios and play some fantastic people around the world. Um, moved from, uh, you know, moved to various agencies, got some really good background, ended up going in-house and working actually for a branding agency to do in-house recruitment. So I was, I was head of um, EMEA, uh, Talent Attraction for, for UK and, and Europe. Yeah. which I really enjoyed, and I did that for, for 12 months. Um, and then decided to make the bold move and get into software because I had a real keen interest in technology. Um, and technology tends to do what you want it to do a lot of the time. So I was kind of moving away from the unexpected uh, surprises that might pop up every now and again. Um, so, yeah, moved into to, to software. Worked for a couple of companies, but I've ended up at, at hmm. site me and. I think the reason why Recite Me it kind of excited me was the vision they had around making online experiences more inclusive and kind of, you know, yeah. tapping into a diverse audience. And for me, yeah. having worked in recruitment, it wasn't something that I was consciously aware of back then, mm. for, even for the 10 yeah. years, which sounds ridiculous. Um, mm. But it opened my eyes and it continues to do that and it mm. allows me now to work 
in in recruitment but also with the technology as well yeah because yeah. we weren't going to sell the tool but i freaking love it like anyone who's heard me mm. present lately i'm forever going please get this tool on your website so if you go what? to the searchologist.com or your website obviously you can click yeah. accessibility tools and play with it and see how you can like for one, make the font mm. bigger. Great for anyone mm. of a certain age. Um, mm. But, you know, change the colors of the screen for dyslexics mm. and just, is that also for dyspraxia, isn't it? And it has rulers that you can, oh, yeah. it's, I mean, it's there's, seriously cool. Read it out. Yeah. It's very much based oh, yeah. around you. It's very much based on neurodiversity. So not, you know, it, yeah. it's aut it's autism, it's color blindness, it's, mm. you know, very sort of learning difficulties, visual impairments, um, you know, even English as a second language for candidates mm. who may struggle reading content, it, it, it ah, really supports. Yeah, so yeah. It, it's brilliant. And there's, there's so many areas within recruitment where neurodiversity can make a, a massive mm. difference, whether it be positively or, or negatively. And, and that's one of the things certainly that I wanted to totally discuss mm. with you guys today as well is, is the area oh, sure. of neurodiversity yeah. and, and how that mm. plays a part in in online accessibility with regards to recruitment as well so so keith yeah. give us some some headline stats if you've got some to hand and just in terms of the the amount of companies that are talking about hiring new neurodiverse talent but actually don't have the the kind of software and pathways in place to to actually hire those talents and make it a great experience for them yeah you know yeah. the whole recruitment piece basically yeah i mean it would be it would probably be embarrassing to give figures and and how many companies actually provide um assistive technology as part of their process um mm. very few um for my experience which 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 is surprising considering how long the internet has been around and how long disability and neurodiversity has been around you'd think the two might have met somewhere before now <laughs> but there's still kind of you know there's still worlds apart there's still a big plane journey to make to meet the two together but um i'm finding that there's there is a growing interest in this um Mm. I must admit, from an internal point of view, more than from a recruitment agency perspective, we have got a number of yeah. recruiters um, who have signed up to us. So, like some Mawson Search, um, Ganymede, and uh, Investigo, various other recruitment agencies. But I'm seeing huge positivity from internal recruiters um, and, mm. and heads of talent because they are generally working with heads of DNI to make sure that. The, the the whole inclusive piece is carried out throughout the whole experience whether you're an employee or whether you're actually mm. a candidate for the first time visiting that careers website and understanding if that company is the company for you and whether that role mm. is for you and now it's mm. it's so much more than is the salary right is the role right for yeah. me it's all about culture mm. and will i be supported mm. you know you know let's say a candidate's heavily dyslexic mm. they'll be they'll be nervous just entering the whole process to begin with. Um, the last thing they want when they visit a careers website is to be throwing a load of barriers and friction at them already. And they haven't even made an approach with their CV yet. Um, yeah. God yeah. knows what will happen to me when I get to the assessment stage or I get to you know, talking to somebody and I've got to explain why I might not be able to do this or might not be able to go through an assessment yeah. center because my dyslexia. So it's, and there's so much history on that as well. Like when I, I was talking about um, Ireland Hello did this brilliant Disrupt HR talk about mm. I'm dyslexic, I must be stupid. Because of course, that's what happened at school. That sort of, that seed was planted because she was struggling to read. Mm. So it made her very creative and extremely successful because she's found workarounds for everything. But as you're saying, like you've got an extra layer of 
almost nervousness because you're thinking, gosh, you know, what if they don't like the fact I'm just, I yeah. must hide it. Cause it was yeah. almost like you should be a bit ashamed of all of these things. It's, yeah. you know, and I, I mean, I go back to school was like 30 <laughs> years for me, but you know, I had, a, I had, um, a, a school friend whose sister was down syndrome and it was hidden from us mm. and it was like the world has changed a lot in a very short period of time but you think about there's still that sort of lagging almost shame yeah saying that quickly and, and I, think I think for a lot of people that. yeah and i think for a lot of people they want to achieve on the positives um and a lot mm. of people embrace their, their disability in, in in many ways it it's mm. it's a positive um you know you'll find a lot of people who have moved into engineering or creative roles in terms of jobs, they excel because it's it's extracting the need for words. So they excel because numbers are their friends um, and creativity yeah. is their friend. So they will find the actual process from that point of view a lot easier because if they're doing an assessment for those type of roles, they're actually finding it really comfortable because it's an area they're, they're thriving and they're, they're comfortable yeah. with. As soon as you start putting written assessments or written mm -hmm. or certain other barriers for various people who have different conditions it starts yeah. to affect their confidence and you know i'm sure companies yeah. must have lost out on thousands of excellent candidates because of something yeah. you can't see it it, it that's the yeah. scary You're, thing you can't see it unless someone yeah. tells you yeah. Yeah. exactly and they're not going to going back to the no. shame thing because it was like mm -hmm. you must hide it and um, yeah. you're getting some love here from fabulous cindy davis neurodiverse recruiter i think that's actually pointing at you from yeah. where it was on the comments on Facebook. This is amazing. Yes. I think it's feels Hello, me. Uber. <coughs> Hello. <laughs> Let me introduce <laughs> you later. <laughs> I think I think Theo Smith, our, our friend Theo Smith, does a really great job of, of, yeah, of illustrating how, you know, you could be your your the individual applying for the job or going through the process could be this like real superstar mm. or as he puts it, Superman. And then you put them into an interview process is basically their kryptonite, which mm -hmm. basically goes against all of their kind of natural inclinations yeah. and just actually doesn't really allow them a platform to really sort of illustrate their best skills and qualities in relation yeah. to the role. And yeah. I think a lot of companies perhaps are thinking about neurodiverse talent and how to attract it, but not mm -hmm. actually changing that process. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the, the what you're trying to say is that that's the starting point, right? That's yeah, that, yeah. that thinking you've got to create different pathways. Yeah. And an important point to make is um, inclusion for the candidate is a life thing. It's not a recruitment thing. Mm. To them, inclusion happens every minute of every day. Um, you know, whether they're mm. getting on a bus, getting in the car, going to the cinema, whatever they're doing, there's always an inclusion barrier coming up. It just so happens that getting a job is one of the most important things they will ever do in their life. Mm. So making that process as inclusive as possible. And I say inclusive instead of accessible because the two are very separate things, um, which I can explain because obviously, we, you know, we work very much with websites and, and it recite me to try and make them more accessible. Um, and people try and get around this, this argument by saying, well, our website's very accessible because our designers have built it that way. Being accessible doesn't necessarily make the website usable because you could present a double A standard. Uh, when I say double A standard, I mean the, the WCAG guidelines, which is web content accessibility guidelines, which most developers will work towards now when they're building a website. Single A is the lower level. Double A is where most people want to be. And triple A is, is amazing, basically. It's where you get subtitles and things like that on your website and really make it 
is inclusive. So you can present a really accessible website to someone. You can even tell them it's AA standard unless they have assistive technology or something they can use to make use of that work. It's still a website to them and it's still frustratingly full of barriers. Um, yeah. And that's the frustrating thing I get when I speak to a lot of people. They use the word accessible very freely because it's a, it's a word they're used to. Um, mm -hmm. But a, a good equation is accessible plus um, usability equals inclusion. And that's yeah. where the inclusion piece comes from, giving people the tools to be able to change the way they live their life and navigate around things that may have barriers. Okay. I was going to say, do you think that people, when they talk about accessibility, they think about it from their perspective? Yeah. Um, yeah. And they don't potentially think about, and may not even know, mm. or if they do know, they may not be aware of an individual that's neurodiverse, so they've never really thought, of it, thought about it yeah. from, from that individual's perspective. Is, yeah. is, is that something you encounter? Yeah, there's, there's a lack of understanding. And, and like I said, for 10 years, I was totally oblivious to the concept mm -hmm. of, and I worked in an industry where a lot of people may have had a, a learning yeah. difficulty um you know because yeah. it was the creative industry um but yes i think there's just a lack of understanding and and you know at the end of the day you know recruiters get up and their main focus is to place really good candidates in in, in the roles that they've got um it takes a special kind of person to take that time aside and start researching mm. the barriers that might be present with that particular person and at the end of the day we're dealing with people so yeah. really if you're dealing with that as your specialist area, it's your responsibility to learn everything about that. And, and mm. with people come barriers and come disabilities and impairments. And if someone has got a barrier, it, it, it gives you a head start if you know about this stuff because you can talk mm. to your yeah. client about it. And how impressed would your client be if you were upfront with them and said, I've got a candidate, they're amazing. However, these are the barriers that they will typically encounter because yeah. they're dyslexic. Um, can we work around these with the assessment centers rather than just chucking them into the lines then and praying that, that it doesn't come up and it doesn't impact their, their application? Mm. What an amazing approach that would be. And I think because so many employers now have got DNI at the top of their priorities, yeah. and this year has certainly helped that for, for obvious reasons. Um, yeah. You know, you've got to be singing from the same hymn sheet. And this is obviously what I was always drilled into me, you know, try and learn the culture of the bit. And the culture is a very kind of flimsy word. But, you know, try and understand the, the, the company and what they're looking for and their drive and what that, you know, what that kind of, you know, that culture looks like and feels like. Um, and DNI is the top of that, that priority at the moment. So it's really mm -hmm. important that recruiters are embracing every area of inclusion. Um, mm -hmm from the application process through to understanding the candidates to being very open with clients and candidates about what the process may look like for the mm -hmm. candidate and for them um, and what they're getting with that particular candidate. So yeah, it's, I, th I think there is a lot of misunderstanding, lack of education, um, but again, that's, that's, that's an individual thing and a personal thing that you go out and seek and search and to be the best you possibly can you need to learn as much as you can about people and about the role that you're doing at, the, at that particular time. Mm. I think. And because we're only talking about the getting them through the first bit, I'm yeah. sure there are things that we should be doing inside the building in the interview mm. process. Well, you mentioned assessment center, yeah. just, or even hiring manager behavior. Oh, yeah. okay, Cindy is making more sense to me now. Okay, 
So sorry, because some of the comments that she was writing on the side, I wasn't understanding. So she's she is uh, neurodivorce, uh, autism, Asperger's, which actually my brother has as well. So she was saying mm -hmm. for me, dark mode would be ideal. Yeah. Um, and then she gets overwhelmed by complicated job applications and recruiters not keeping me informed of my status in a type of manner. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to bring up Tom. I went to beat that bit. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Okay, now I get it. Now I get it. That's I feel so bad. I didn't know that, and I know Cindy so well. Anyway, <laughs> and it's, it, 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 to be fair to, to to any company, it it's difficult to build a website that accommodates everybody. It's impossible mm. because you've got such yeah. a diverse range of conditions. But then with each condition, you've got a spectrum of of where that person sits on the spectrum, and each individual yeah. has their own personal color combinations at work. Um, you know, Cynthia mentioned there, the dark mode would, would work. Um, for some mm. people, bright yellow with black writing works. Spacing mm. the letters mm. out is better. Um, but you yeah. can never build a website to do that um, unless you no. go to the end of the world and build the website over a space of 10 years and incorporate this all in the build. But people can't <laughs> work like that. You need, you know, if you're starting a business, you need a website there and then because you need to start attracting candidates mm. and attracting mm. clients. Yeah. And it's all about the brand and I need to get my message out there. But accessibility and inclusion and usability is generally the last thing that is brought up mm. on the whole design plan and project plan of building a website and i found mm. that with a lot of clients and i'm talking big corporate clients where you'd expect them mm. to be a little bit more in the know um but actually they've, they've gone to the extent of building a really beautiful careers website and then they've been asked the question by an employee who has seen it who has a neurodiverse condition said well this isn't really great for my condition. There's probably thousands mm. of other people out there who will mm. want to work for our company who will find it difficult. And then that's when the light bulb goes and, ah, so what do we do about this? And how do we oh. impact that? And why didn't we think about this to begin with? And again, to your comment, Glenn, it's just, it's excitement about the brand. It's excitement about building a new careers website, but there needs to be more excitement about inclusion and opening the doors mm. to a much richer, creative candidate base to be mm -hmm. honest you know yeah. that, that's the, that's the fundamentals of it and figures show and statistics show that for companies who are more diverse and more inclusive they have a much greater revenue build because of the richness mm -hmm. of, the, of the people they have employed in that in that business so yeah do you, do you, um, oh, oh go on go for the questions no go no oh, okay. I, was just gonna... I think we might have answered this though Hmm. We had to talk about this earlier, maybe. I don't know when Tom tuned in. No, actually, Tom's been there since the beginning. Um, is Oh, hello, incoming. Um, is there a software or app that measures the accessibility of a website? This is a good way for recruiters to access a company's real desire to accommodate diversity. Is that the AA rating that you were talking about? Yeah, maybe, but so it's not public, is it? There are, there are WCAG. I mean, this is stuff that the, the actual provider of the content will be able to do. Um, mm not necessarily the user per se. Um, there may be technology mm. out there that individuals can use to scan a website to see how accessible it is. Um, mm. You know, we're building a tool at the minute that allows clients to scan their whole website and it creates the measures and the uh, the alerts as where it's not accessible and where it needs work, um, right. which, you know, which we're excited about and will help a lot of our clients because a lot of them, mm -hmm. as, as you mentioned, just don't understand WCAG and don't understand accessibility about the website. So we've we've built this to hopefully support that and then move into the the realms of providing the technology. 
but yeah, th there will be there will be tools that I don't know of any personally that an individual can download to scan a website. But I know there are many companies out there that do provide technology that allows the client to evaluate what they've got so they know what work they need to do to make it more accessible to their user user audience. So, so here's a is a is a curveball question for you, Keith. Um, not meant to. to. <laughs> He's actually five minutes early. He normally gives them at three twenty. Yeah. If, if I go dark, you know why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, just testing just, the software. <laughs> I, I just I just wonder whether you 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 sit in front of com companies and perhaps some of these companies don't actually know how many neurodiverse uh, members or employees they actually have. And whether you kind of can give any advice or pointers to uh, perhaps patterns of behavior or give them reference points or reference material to identify patterns of behavior. Because as you said, some people don't identify as neurodiverse, right? They don't see that as a, they don't see that as a kind of category they sit within. Mm. So again, I was just wondering, do you sit in front of companies and they're like, well, we haven't got many neurodiverse, um, you know, employees and you, you're like, how do you know? Mm. How do you know for sure? If I'm honest, the first part of that question, I don't, because I think a lot of the clients that I talk to are aware that they've, okay, that they've got a diverse workforce. Um, mm. You know, they've, they've got very strong employer brand teams that will will work on engagement and communication. And a lot of that is employee surveys and understanding the audience that they're working with. Um, mm. Again, I think the lack of understanding is how they support that audience and how they mm. actually make sure that they're engaged because you know, it's saying you're, you're, you're an employee engagement manager, it's it's such an involved job because you've got so many different people to accommodate for and, and to communicate to. And and when I do speak to those people, they do have a sound understanding of, of how to communicate properly with various different people. And, and they work very closely with diversity and inclusion leads to, to make sure that the communication is right. It, it's going to the right people. It's developed in the right way. It's, it's processed in the right way. Um, but yeah, I'm pleased to say that a lot of the conversations I have, they are aware there's a, an inclusive, mm -hmm. uh, sorry, a diverse audience there. They're just not sure how to approach it on a mass scale, mm -hmm. you know, through their digital channels and mm -hmm. through their careers, websites, intranets. Um, and again, I'm not going to talk about Recite a lot, but that's where something like Recite would come in handy because yeah. it takes a lot of weight off their shoulders knowing that their different websites can be personalized by the individual and that takes the control out with their hands and the responsibility out with their hands. Um, mm. It's saying to the user, you know, we want you to work with us. We want you to join us, or we want you to at least apply mm. for a job. Here are the tools to make mm. sure you can em engage with us and give us the best possible um, mm. information that you can give wow. us to tell us why you can, you know, you can do this job. Yeah. Um, um yeah. Whoa, we're getting so many comments. Sorry. Um, Giles, I completely interrupted you there, Keith. Great to see you, Keith. We are huge fans of Recite Me. It's transformed our ability to deliver an accessible and inclusive candidate experience for yeah, our customers. Wicked. Um, yeah. And then Patricia has written here, and I, I, I have no idea if it's a competition, but I just saw the WAVE evaluation tool. And from what, um, a quick it's Google while you were talking, which is very yeah. rude of me, it's a web accessibility <laughs> evaluation tool. Mm. So Cool. Note to everybody. Well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Audra, hello, Audra um great or sometimes <laughs> even the people themselves don't know or haven't been diagnosed hmm? as well right yeah. okay oh my god here's another one they're coming in thick and fast Hi, 
I, hey, Clive. Hi, Clive. I think the product is great to improve accessibility usability for candidates. I do think we also need to think of tools we use day to day once you start mm. in your new role. Mm. Absolutely. Slack, Jira, Miro, Trello, uh, Outlook, etc. All of these products. Uh, are these products able to always help people who need additional support? They're not, mm. are they? They don't have... No, they, they don't. They, they come with minimal, if any, any tools. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, <clears throat> I personally reached out to a few um, of these communication tools, especially over the last few months with lockdown and, and the importance mm -hmm. of, of Zoom and Slack and everything else that people mm -hmm. use to communicate and um, had very little back. But when you when one software company tries to talk to another software to tell them we can do something for them to improve it i think sometimes the walls come up a little bit uh which is which is yeah. understandable um in, in ways but the core message from us isn't about we can do things better we just want to work with yeah. other companies to make sure that inclusion isn't just specific to certain software or websites um yeah i've just noticed that i'll oh, keep interrupting you i'm sorry oh, um and my communication, yeah. Um, but uh, what I'm seeing, oh, well, hang on, I need to come into the frame on Facebook. It's putting captions live while we're talking, nice. which means they must be interesting. Mm. <laughs> but that's even better. I've not seen that we're getting inclusive as we talk, we, yeah. But <laughs> so that's the sort of thing we're needing, aren't we? On things like mm. Slack, I mean, that's very visual, you know, it's not mm. the, the, so, the, prob the problem is with the current status and the disappointing thing is we're in 2020 going into 2021 and we're still trying to educate as much as we can around inclusion you know how mm. much education do people need to actually get the message across that the world is full of diversity and in, and inclusion mm. is such a key part and, we're, and and that just doesn't count for recruitment accounts for life and when we're learning those lessons through the news mm. and through events that happen in the world um but it's so disappointing that in 2020, I still have phone calls with people who basically just reply with, we don't need this. And it's like, well, and it, you know, and I don't necessarily reply to them until a few weeks after just to let myself calm down a little bit, but it, it's a very- <laughs> The selfish, stop coming yeah, out yeah. of the ears. <laughs> it's a very, that's me being very honest, I think, but- um, No, I love that. It, it's not about mm. the we, it's about the users. Um, yeah. You know what? What right do they have to say we don't need this right now? I mean, how do they know there's there's not five hundred candidates waiting to apply for a job for that company mm. who have mm. severe dyslexia or have autism, who might struggle with a, a process or an application process online? Let's face it. Mm. How many times now will somebody send in a paper CV? Um, it's all done online. Whether you're looking mm. at job posts, whether you're looking at a careers website, a recruitment website whether you get mm. to the ATS side of it, the applicant tracking system, and then obviously onboarding as well, everything is online. Everything yeah. is online. And what we're doing at the minute and what we need to stop doing so much is shutting doors and just mm. open doors a little bit more. And it's not difficult to do. Um, mm. You know, As an example of our technology, you plug in a few lines of code into a website and it magically starts providing a <laughs> inclusion mm. tools to people. Um, the technology is out there, not just for site, but different areas of, you know, there's there's mm. companies that work with job boards to make sure they're compliant and that they're mm. accessible and they're inclusive to everybody. Um, it's just, it, it's so easy to fix, but it's so difficult to get the message across sometimes. That's the frustrating mm. part about it from, you know, for my mm. conversations I have. Um, mm. The lovely part is, is when you get a company that is totally open to it. 
and and totally embracing mm. of everything yeah. includes inclusion and i will give a shout out to um you know the very group at the minute who i'm working with who absolutely love recite me and are exploring the opportunity of putting it on various websites to help customers potential mm. candidates and and they're just amazing that's also where you need it isn't it right and that yeah the people creating mm. the websites yeah, and exactly. anyone who's got a WordPress website, by the way, it took me like a minute to install oh, it. Yeah. So, really easy. Yeah. You know, it's and easy. how many people have those? So. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a, an interesting point you make, Keith, in in the mm -hmm. fact that you know the world now is is using remote collaboration mm -hmm. tools, mm -hmm. which does mm -hmm. perhaps present greater challenges for some mm -hmm. neurodiverse categories. Uh, uh, you know in terms of that fatigue so mm. as cindy davis says yeah, that cindy, zoom fatigue may, may hit them quicker perhaps than, than mm. others um and it's really about thinking about that complete um you know kind of i guess technology yeah. state and is it really collaborative it, uh, mm. well, is it really inclusive mm. um, not just the external piece where people apply but the internal piece as well right yeah yeah because you know candidates become employees and there's no point dangling the carrot while they're a, a really promising candidate and you want to make the best the best case possible for why they should join the company and then they get to their training stage or you know they get to use a learning management system or an intranet and it's just torn deaf in terms of inclusivity it's just literally you know wow you know you sold yourselves as a, an amazing inclusive business and the, the the candidate experience couldn't have been any better but I've now joined and, and the systems aren't in place. The internal aspects aren't in place. Um, I'm trying to use the intranet and that's really kind of difficult to do. And I'm, I'm trying to use the internal chat system and that's really difficult to do. So there I'm are so many minefields. I'm having to use my email. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's, there's so many minefields and there's so many areas and, and people that get involved in this. And it's not just one person's decision at the end of the day around inclusion. You know, I'm, I work with heads of DNI, heads of talent, heads of mm. communication, heads of marketing. Um, all have responsibility for different platforms throughout the business. Um, all digital platforms, all getting a large volume of people using them for whatever reason or other. And mm -hmm. it, it, there's so many different areas in which you can impact inclusion. And and again, it's, it doesn't take a lot to do. It just seems to take a lot to get that agreement from the business sometimes and get everybody on board to do it, which again in 2020 is, is, is quite surprising. Yeah, I, I personally think anyway. Yeah, does the technology work across all website development technologies? Hello, John. Um, Katrina, I mentioned, obviously, why would I speak in a third person of WordPress? What about Squarespace, native PHP, etc.? So the way Recite works is as long as you can add bespoke code to your website. Um, so it depends on the, the level of CMS you're using. So if you're using something like Squarespace, but at a very basic level where it's very much plug and play, where you just drag stuff into it, but you don't actually get access to the code, um, that would be difficult and you can't do that with that. As long as you get access to the, the back end and the code itself, mm. it's it's JavaScript, so you just add the JavaScript into the code itself. So we're very flexible mm. in terms of what technology we can work with uh, on, on a site level. So yeah, it's, it's, very similar to adding, it's very similar to adding Google Analytics basically. So if you've yeah. done that on your website, you generally be able to add site. That's cool. Yeah. And just a, a question, Keith. We're doing do you such find... a great job of not selling it for you here, aren't we? We were going to talk about. Yeah, we're trying to stay away from the site. <laughs> I know, but we just love that. it. I just love it so much. I'm not, I'm not about complaining, it. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
trying to think. Actually, no, I have done one in the last month where I haven't mentioned it, but I just, yeah. I love it. I just shout it from the rooftops. Everyone should bloody have it. <laughs> I was curious to know whether um, many companies contact you specifically about perhaps their their kind of grad career pages. I don't, yeah, you know, the reason I ask this is my, my nephew is neurodiverse and, yeah. you know, from college to kind of securing a job, you know, he was, he just hit the wall in terms of these kind of grad you know application um you know kind of websites and stuff like that and just it did for him it just didn't work um and he managed to secure his ideal job uh in a, in a face-to-face interview mm. so i was just curious you know did, do companies specifically contact you about that particular area of their recruitment process or is it quite spread spread across yeah it's more generalist um if honest if i'm honest i'll i'll probably raise it with them because they'll come to me with a general sense of adding it to a careers website or, mm. but then I'll kind of do my research and due diligence and find out what areas of the company they're recruiting to and what, mm. you know, where, how far and, because naturally as being inquisitive and interested in the site and how it can work, I want to know the breadth of how I can work with this company. So I look mm. at where they, where they recruit, how many different careers websites they have, if they do have an apprenticeship with the, you know, scheme, if they do have, a grad scheme a website you know specifically for that um so i think again it's probably lack of understanding of, of maybe mm. what the site me does initially or what accessibility is on a website initially mm. they just come with a very general idea that we need to improve diversity and inclusion in our recruitment then i'll break mm. it down for them and really pose yeah. a lot of different questions about how they approach inclusion on various different platforms and then sometimes they don't even think about the internet you know that's when I mentioned that, they're like, oh, yeah, we've got an intranet. Like, yeah, it's the thing that your employees use every day just to communicate with each other and, and look for new jobs internally and stuff. It's, you know, it's, it's quite, quite funny sometimes, it, you know, in a serious way. But you've got to, you've got to laugh sometimes with the clients to, to think how blinkered sometimes mm-hmm. the approach is and then you just open them up completely and they're like, wow, I didn't think about that. That's, that's quite amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not amazing because... We're just adding it onto a platform you've probably had for 20, 30 years. It's just been developed in different ways. The internet yeah. has always been there, but you know, again, inclusion has been the last thing on on the mind, and and it, it's only now mm-hmm. that it's really mm-hmm. becoming a key a key factor to them. Yeah, I I think it goes back to that society changing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, totally. A LinkedIn user every so often LinkedIn does this, but it doesn't show me who has said this lovely comment. But mm. I'll see it later. I'll, or please feel free I'll to be, add your name, whoever wrote this comment. I'll You're getting some lovely. Maybe office. it's one of your staff. Yeah, <laughs> probably, probably our marketing manager Michael. Michael if you write this comment, yeah, yeah probably Michael. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why it does that every so often. It's so annoying. And I try and look on my phone, and then the comments won't show on my phone. I'm like, oh, I give up. Mm. So, but I, you're getting some love there. But I do. I, I think there's. I think it's so complicated. I still. I think the the whole. We're suddenly more aware yeah. of how diverse people are. There's still a bit of a shame. Like I can't imagine. Uh, so I mean, going back to um, if you saw one of my five minute rants about asking for someone's sexual orientation while they're applying. Mm. And, and it was like, I'm sorry, what? Mm. Um, but it could almost be the same. Like, are you dyslexic? Are you dyspraxic? Is that like that fear? Well, if I say yes, does that mm. rule me out straight away? So it's mm. like it's hard, and it, yeah, I guess it's it's, it becoming, comes down it's, to... it's hard to really prove to people yeah. that a company is okay with all of these things, and that's yeah. I still I think we comes... have that barrier to get over. 
I guess it comes down to the positioning of the question and the context of the question. If you're just blatantly asking for someone without any context behind it, um, yeah. if you pitch the question that you want them to have the best possible experience um, and you want to accommodate for anything that they may need, that's a totally different question altogether. If you just ask it very bluntly with no context yeah. around it whatsoever, <laughs> you know, you can stop people in their tracks. And, you know, if, if I kind of, talk about RMD, Ross, you know, he's quite openly said that if he wasn't in the position he was in where he owns his own business and he was applying for jobs, he'd probably try and apply for jobs without having to declare that he's dyslexic just to get through that without having to raise any, I hear the word red flag, but raising his yeah, hand to say, I'm, I'm dyslexic and I may yeah. need help. Actually, Cindy's just written, it's dangerous to disclose. It's like this yeah, I think, I think what you said is so important, isn't it? It's how you phrase the question. Yeah. And I think that we, we so often get it wrong because we just do yeah. it too practically. We don't think I, about. I think it's dangerous when you're a candidate because you don't know the business yet. Um, mm. If you're an employee of, of five years and you've managed to keep it under the, under the radar and quite happily, but you feel the need to share with your manager that you've, you've got dyslexia, you've got, you know, a level of mm. autism, um, probably wouldn't be as negative to disclose because you've already mm. embedded yourself in the culture of the business they know what you're capable of um and not saying at the candidate level you you're not capable of doing the job but i think the perception of that of, of individuals they might mm. think well if i tell them now it might impact yeah. my application process or the way they treat me and i don't mm. want to be treated any differently to anybody else um mm. but again like i said the, mis the the understanding of the business and how they might because you can read the website and you can you can read the diversity and inclusion section of the website and it'll all be singing and mm. dancing and we do this, we do that. But you've got yeah. individuals subconscious, you know, um, yeah. you know, and bias conscious and things like that. You don't know who you're going to be mm. meeting or talking to at that yeah. particular time. Um, and the or you go and look at their Instagram account and discover something completely different. Yeah. <laughs> and as a company, as a company, their focus mm. might very much be, you know, we want to be inclusive and diverse but you can't account for every individual that's in that business mm. and them sharing the same the same thoughts and the same brand ideals mm. as the business. So yeah, it is it is very dangerous to disclose it. Mm. It's certainly at a candidate point, I would have thought. It, it strikes me that recently is, um, is part of a overall approach yeah. to real inclusion, essentially. Yeah. It's not, whilst it's massively powerful and, and super, super helpful right from the off, it's it's the starting point. It's an entry point, and the rest of the business needs to really align around that kind of mindset of inclusion. Because as you said, there's no point going through a website application process that you know kind of is tailored to you, and you get into that you know kind of uh, well, virtual interview now, mm. but you meet the same type of kind of unconscious bias. Now you're at that point where you're confident about talking about your neurodiversity. But if you're met, if you meet an interviewer that kind of doesn't seem to be empathetic to that and you've just disclosed mm -hmm. it, then it's almost immediately back to Theo's analogy, Superman sitting there or Superwoman sitting there wrapped in kryptonite, right? Mm. Totally, mm. totally. And everybody has their different kryptonites, don't they? And it's mm. you know, because a lot of the, the conditions we accommodate for are hidden. You can't even see the kryptonite um, from an employer's point of view, and you, you, unless that person discloses their their condition or disability, it's 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 impossible to accommodate for that. Um, mm. But as you say, I think it's just that 
that need to educate companies and employ and certainly hiring managers around you know understanding neurodiversity a little bit more and, and there are companies out there um who go out and work with companies i mean there's a great company called crease puddle that are based in, in north yorkshire um who also have a site like like you katrina um who go out and work with companies to to support them in understanding neurodiversity in, in a much deeper way um certainly hiring managers and employees and and making sure they're fully aware of how that can impact the business from a recruitment perspective right the way through to uh you know through to the employee base as well did you call them crease puddle yeah they're called crease puddle yeah <laughs> great company it's wicked. Great crease, name. It's a cool name yeah. Crease puddle. yeah i like that yeah i love a good well, company mm. crease puddle okay yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah. check them out we'll roll with that. really good really good i just want to so, go and read how they came out with crease so, puddle yeah. <laughs> I, I do want to go into a bit of a sales pitch mode here keith just to kind of really emphasize how great recycling is so just just, just in case it. anybody didn't pick, uh, didn't pick this up during the course of the show how quick and easy is it to plug in recycling into your existing kind of careers website website etc how easy come on tell us quickly timeline it literally takes minutes as i mean as long as it takes me to tell you how long it takes to put it in you'll probably put it into the website so Perfect. we just provide we 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 take the domain of the website that the client wants to add recite to we add it to our api we then create a link for the client to log into they get access to our api and in that mm -hmm. api they'll get access to our code which is unique to them it has an identifier key mm -hmm. um they will add that code to typically the footer of the main page of the website, the global page of the website. Not every page, we use cookies to make sure it, it mm. translates through the whole site so people don't have to constantly make the changes as they're moving through every page. Um, mm. And it's and, and the only thing they really need to think about is the button itself um, that launches the toolbar. And, and this is really important. A lot of people underestimate it, but if you can't see the button to launch a tool that helps you with inclusion, there's something going wrong <laughs> that's like the, the opening point of it um you know it's like bolting up a door and asking someone can they not get access to the building it's it's yeah. ridiculous so we try and put a lot of emphasis on that and i think the one thing i mentioned as well is we focus a lot on statistics as well so we don't just provide a toolbar and hope and pray that it will help people in some way shape or form we actually have a statistical element to a site where we can provide reports mm. showing clients how many times it's used what features were used, what languages were chosen, um, you know, what scale somebody enlarged the text in some cases, um, whether it's used on a mobile or a desktop <laughs> as well. So it, it, the fact that it works on mobile. I love is, the enlarged really text important. thing. Yeah, and, and I know you like the magnifying glass as well, Katrina. Anyone over a certain age just wants to enlarge the text. So it's just, yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> it, is, it is a go-to feature, I must admit. It is a go-to feature. It but is. Yeah, like, some of these sites are not so small, so you're like, oh. Exactly, yeah. and, and that's that's the starting point. You know, most websites mm. will have small text and typically black mm. writing on a white background, which mm. is problematic mm. in itself. Which is yeah. where the color, color I realize my button's not good for the accessibility tools, but I need someone to write some code for that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 you know, it has a, it, as you say, Glenn, it, it's one of many things that people can be doing in this day and mm. age. You know, technology has grown so much and it's so easy to add things like this now, mm. and not just for Sammy, but any yeah. tool. Um, you know, whether you're an individual adding it into your browser or whether you're a company providing it on your website things like this are built to make it low maintenance, but mm -hmm. high impact. 
And that's the key thing. Yeah. It's low maintenance, high impact. And how can there ever be an argument built against something that's low maintenance but really high impact mm. in a positive way? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, 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 it's I think it just goes back goes back to how the human's using it. So as you mm. said, like realizing that it's needed across all of the technology yeah. that someone's going to use. And I think that's just not been thought about. Yeah. Um, thank you. That was absolutely amazing. Yes, I know you didn't want it to be a sales pitch, but we just love it. Um, yeah. So thank you. But there was tons of other I hope I didn't engineer the sales pitch. I'll, I'll feel guilty if that, I leave this knowing I've engineered you absolutely, sales You absolutely didn't. There was an absolute <laughs> gems in there that I hadn't thought about. So that was very cool. Plus, yeah. of course, Chris Huddle I'd never heard of. Um, mm. Next week, we have Felicity King on the show. I've completely forgotten what the topic is, but I know it's cool. Um, our queue of people is just a bit long. I mean, Keith waited months to come on, so um, which is cool for us. You were lucky you made it in 2020. We're booked into January. It's brilliant. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, no, we really are, which is awesome. Um, thank you, everybody, for all of your comments no, and all of the support for Keith and us. We appreciate it. Thank you, of course, to Enterprise and Alumni for keeping us going. Um, and we shall see you all next week at exactly the same time, Thursday at 3 p.m. UK time and 10 a.m. Eastern. Until then, have a wonderful week, everybody. Really Bye. 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 Bye.